0: The and Alana's podcast. Wendy and Alana's podcast. Get literary, get literary, woo! Hello and welcome to Getting Lit, Alana and Wendy's totally excellent literary podcast. This is Season 4, Episode 5 of our Romance Novel Focus podcast. My name is Alana and I'm one of your hosts today. And I'm Wendy, your other host. Today we're discussing A Bollywood Affair by Snolly Dev. How are you today, Wendy? I'm pretty good. Um good.
1: beautiful day in Arkansas, not too hot. Uh COVID still going strong, so <laughs> I love that I don't have a reason to go outside. I mean, I mean I could go outside outside, but not like to a store or put on pants, you know.
0: What about you? How are you? Pretty good. It's um it's pretty rainy here. Um but you know It's not, it's not too bad, too bad. Still got the COVID here too. Um, (laughs) Weird. Like the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, it's funny how like hobbies like this where we have a podcast are suddenly like infinitely better than other hobbies that are more (laughs) social and don't involve going into my walk-in closet and or reading books and or drinking alone. Like those are the things that it, that basically this hobby is, includes. So.
1: <laughs> so basically, you are super stoked to be here today. I am super excited. This is a to be structured
0: here. activity that we're doing, and it is very structured. And I get to drink. It's all of the above. Everything the you love. Every everything <laughs> everything that we need. Um. Yeah. And, and you know, I've been doing really good on my Goodreads books lately since I've been doing like a lot of reading mm-hmm. um, since I don't really I don't really leave my house. Um, I went I went on some food tourism earlier this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I went and I picked up a beer um, from the brewery uh, back in Lafayette that my friend is starting mm-hmm. um, and ate a bunch of food, which was fun. But that's like the most I've been out of my house. Yeah, I got really excited because I got to like pick up my purse and I was like, I haven't carried my purse anywhere in like two months, two months. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Oh, man. And earlier today, I went to Sahara Mart, which is the most excellent grocery store I've been to in Bloomington, possibly anywhere. It's like a mix of an international grocery store and a foodie grocery store, really? Like it's it's got stuff like peanut butter soda, you know, what? like like exactly, what? like it's, it's got like all sorts of crazy shit. I got um some ice cream that is um French fry and milkshake shake flavored. What? So it's got like little salty bits of potato in it, as mm. well as like it was good. It was good. You, you guys, you. Yeah, it had, like, kind of a salty, sweet taste to it. I don't um, like soggy French fries. I feel like that comes
1: with it being cold. But if it's not well, actually it was, a French fry,
0: then. Maybe it's, like, a it French more like, home fries. Yeah, yeah. French fry-esque, I guess mm-hmm. I will say. And then they had, like, all of these different spices, um, which was really exciting, in, like, little containers. That's cool. Um And yeah. it looked like... You know, it was kind of witchy. I guess I'd say (laughs) like it had a lot of, it had like a bunch of like uh, sage that was for sale. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, for like you know, getting rid of the bad spirits. Um, So yeah, some eye of newt. Did you did you get some eye? (laughs) Practically, they had like witch hazel and stuff like that, which I was kind of impressed with. Yeah, I have no idea what What witch hazel is. is. I have no idea. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Maybe people need it for their spells. Mhm. Yeah. You know. Yeah. For sure. It but I was so, a big fan it. Anyway. sounds
1: so witchy. Witch hazel. It's like in the name, it's got to be magical.
0: Yeah. So does Saint John's Wort.
1: Yeah, but maybe like witch hazel and Saint John's Wort are like at odds. You know.
0: Yeah.
1: Like yeah. the pagans against the you know. Saint. Yeah. They just don't hang out. They just don't hang out. They don't hang out.
0: I have Newt. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Um, and actually, that's where I picked up um, some, uh, what is it, some star anise. Oh, yeah. And some cardamom pods that I used for the drink that I made for us today. Your drink sounds magical and amazing. Thanks. So the first one I made, I made two. Mm-hmm. And this, the first one um, is kind of... Uh, A more, like, sweet uh, drink that includes one of my favorite things, which is using egg egg whites in a drink. Mm -hmm. Because it gets all frothy. Um, Yes, exactly. (laughs) Um, So that one I call Take the Haveli Back, um, which is important in the story. Oh, yeah. Um, And so you first you make a simple syrup that has honey and slightly crushed cardamom pods. Mm -hmm. And you make, like, a simple syrup with that. And then you put that simple syrup in um, a cocktail shaker with vodka, lemon juice, um, and that's it. And then you shake it up, and then you put some bitters in there. And then you garnish with a star anise, which looks really fancy. Star anises are so fancy looking. I know. Like, as soon as I bought it, I was like, why don't I just put this in everything I eat? Like, just, like, on the side. Is it, know? like, aren't star anise, like, they're, they're kind of, like, licorice flavored yeah they're kind of like a fennel smell to them hmm. i would say yeah they're kind of licoricey i mean they're not really adding too much to the to the drinks i just know that in great british bake-off they use star a lot and i'm like what is that adorable spice it's just a cute it. little flower star that's it's fucking adorable like yeah it, it, even looking at pictures of it I, I, like it's like it's just trying it's just chugging along you know <laughs> it's just chugging along being a cute little star Star flower herb, yeah, exactly. Spice. W- which is funny because it also kind of looks like a spider, but like a cute spider, a like cute a friendly spider. spider. Yeah, that is yeah. cute. Okay, and then the other one I made was um, a take on a white Russian, mm-hmm. um, but you put in so you put in Kahlua and vodka, which are white Russians, but then I put some ta- some chai tea concentrate I had. Oh hell yeah! That sounds amazing.
1: <laughs> I want to I, uh, I want you to know that you changed my world at a very young age by showing me chocolate milk plus chai latte mix is like a fucking cookie in your mouth. I
0: know. I, like, I know. She this showed me like, that in
1: Girl Scout camp, and I was like, I I, I want to be around you more. <laughs> I yeah. I admire we just you.
0: like use old fashioned chocolate milk. Like with like Oregon chai latte. And uh, man, I used to just chug that at Girl Scout. Oh, man. So much. Uh, So much. God, man. It was just so fancy. It felt like a cookie in your mouth. It was, it was exactly like a cookie. Yes. I know. I used to drink that that and eating Nutella out of a jar. Those are the two <gasps> things I miss from Girl Scout camp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just I just remember as a counselor in training
1: or CIT as we were called. Um we like ordered some stuff for our troop or like group and one of them was a giant tub of chocolate frosting and I was like, what is this heaven? Where am I? <laughs> How can I live here all the time where I can just have this giant tub of chocolate frosting?
0: <laughs> it's funny cuz we were like paid shit, but we ate sometimes surprisingly well mm-hmm. at Girl Scout camp, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like 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 just not like well in terms of good for you, but like you could order an entire thing of frosting mm-hmm. and just eat it. Oh man. Good times. Yeah. It- It was a real real good time. Um, Anyway, so it's got Kahlua, and it's got chai tea concentrate in it, and heavy cream, and some, a couple of drops of vanilla abstract. Um, That sounds good. And then, yeah, so, so essentially it's a white Russian, which fits, and with some chai tea (laughs) in it, which fits because Samir, the character, is half white. (laughs) And half Indian. And half Indian. (laughs) It's the chai plus the...
1: Plus, the yeah, white part, yeah. White try, we get it. We get it. It's great.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, and 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 I named it. Um, and Matt, my husband, was making fun of me because I named it at uh, Little Sam, mm-hmm. which is the word the the name that that Samir has for his junk. Yes, in the story. that's his dick, his dick, his um, dick. Little Sam wakes up and says hi sometimes. Exactly. Um he's a he's a big supporting character in this story. (laughs) He really should uh, have second billing. I mean he really really should. He would be played by Matthew McConaughey. (laughs) Um but yeah, so Matt's like you named it after a penis and I was he's like, that is not appetizing. And I'm like, it made sense for the book. Um A but weird yeah, weird thing to name your penis, little Sam. But it's like it's yeah. I don't know. His name is Samir, and he goes by Sam. And uh, I guess wasn't that? I mean, it's it's a character similar to, you know, many many similar like uh, personifications of people's private parts that we've seen often in romance <laughs> novels. <laughs> um.
1: So, well, I well, guess no, we'll Let go. me we'll ask get- you something. Why did you make two yeah. drinks? Why did
0: I make two drinks? Because I felt like Because <laughs> you were bored as fuck. Is that why? Bored as fuck. Yeah. That was it. But also, I went to the Sahara. So usually, I, I find two or three drinks to make, and then I put all the things on my shopping list. And whatever one I can make with the things I can get at the grocery store mm-hmm. is the one I make. But because I went to Sahara Mart, mm-hmm. and it has everything, I got all the things I want. Oh, no. And then you had to make them all All of the drinks. I Then I made all the drinks. And also, I was bored. That was also it. Mm-hmm. Um, Alana, you're like, you know how, like, Gwyneth
1: Paltrow said, like, this is a great time to write your American novel or or figure out physics or something stupid like that, you know? Like, like we're going to take this time to, like, come up with the next great invention in the world. <laughs> and everybody's like, nobody's going to do that. We're just all going to watch Tiger King. Shut up. <laughs> but, like, you're going to make us look bad, Alana, because you're going to be like, well, I got bored
0: and then I found physics. Like I just figured it out, you know? Yeah, you say that, but mostly I'll just I'll just do whatever I was doing normally which is twice, <laughs> as twice as much.
1: Just twice as much. Wait a minute, that also checks out. <laughs> like mathematically that checks out. Like you spent 2 days on making the previous cocktail instead of one, and now you make two cocktails instead of
0: one cocktail. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not I'm not building new skills in COVID land. I'm just really leaning into the things I was already doing. That's great. That's great. Yeah, yeah. But I also just finished Tiger King last night as an oh, aside. Tiger King is great. I've watched it twice. I, I know. You told me you watched it yes. twice. And I can't imagine because it is painful. It is painful. <laughs> and more painful the second time. Cause you know, oh man, all the bad I know shit. Know where it's going? Because one thing about Tiger King is it feels a little bit like, like a like it blossoms, you know? Like you think you think you've you've like really explored the universe, and then they kind of like open another door, and they're like, <laughs> oh yeah, and this lady might have killed her husband. Oh yeah, sex cult. Oh yeah, um, and also like weird Las Vegas three way tiger thing. <laughs> Yeah, open marriage nanny
1: for okay. hire. That's a prostitute. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. It's almost like Shakespearean the way that Jeff, Jeff Lowe comes in like this, like f- free will and charlatan, just being like, "I'll help you," you know. And then he takes over the entire zoo and does not help Joe exotic at all. You know? No, he doesn't. It's great. I
0: mean, it's kind of sad in that like. No one wins in this story. No one wins. You know who really
1: doesn't win? Every single tiger in that movie show. Every single tiger. (laughs) The the young tigers, the old tigers, the dead tigers, the soon-to-be-born tigers. You know they're still making tons of tigers, you know?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. No, those tigers definitely Mm -hmm. lose
1: 100%. You know, um, he opened up the zoo. Jeff Lowe did. He's
0: it's uh, open he did during COVID, yeah, right now, yeah, like last week, <laughs> and it's going strong. Uh, really, yeah. like the new zoo, yeah, like oh, I mean, the, z- the same zoo because he never oh, made that, he never new. finished the other one. It's weird that it really exists, like it feels like too much, yeah, but then it's real, yeah, man, it's, it's fascinating. Anyway, how about that book? Anyway. Huh. All right. So, what we read this time, we did um, a book. It's called The Bollywood Affair mm-hmm. by Sonari Dev. Mm-hmm. And um, specifically, the book focuses, let me just bring up the description. Um, but we read this specifically because um, we like books about characters of color by authors of color. Mm-hmm. Um, and this has both. And it's a um, different um, already, genre. Bollywood is definitely I mean, a genre we have not Bollywood done before. Is definitely, yeah, we have not done Bollywood, um, which is really a genre. The more I look at it, the more there really are a lot of books in this genre. Really? Um, so here we go. Millie has seen her husband and tw- hasn't seen her husband in 20 years, not since she was promised to him at the age of four. Yet the marriage has allowed Millie a freedom rarely given to girls in her village. Her grandmother has allowed her to leave India to study in America for eight months, all so that she can make the perfect modern wife, which is exactly what Millie longs to be if her husband would come and claim her. Bollywood's favorite director, uh, Samir Rathrood, has come to Michigan to secure a divorce for his older brother. Persuading a naive village girl to sign the papers should be easy for someone with Samir's tableau famous charm. But Millie was neither a fool nor a gold digger, open-hearted yet complex. She's trying to reconcile her independence with her sheriff's traditions. And before he can stop himself, Samir is immersed in Millie's life, cooking her doll and rotis, escorting her roommates uh, to a roommate's elaborate wedding, Boinking and her. Where his, yeah. <laughs> and wondering where the loyalties and happiness lie. Heartfelt, witty, and thoroughly engaging. sunari's uh, de- debut is uh, both vivid uh, exploration of modern India and a deeply honest story of love in all its diversity. hmm So. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, okay. So we were talking about it a little bit before we, we, we started. Um, and I guess... To start, I guess we'll we'll say that we haven't read very much in this genre. And I will kind of preface that I don't know a whole lot about Indian culture. Yeah. To start this conversation. So I watched
1: um Monsoon Wedding like 15 years ago.
0: That's that's what I got. That's that's yeah. the Indian. We culture a lot I got. About, We don't know. <laughs> yeah. And while I know a lot of Indian people. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of them. Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't really have like a great, a great understanding of Indian culture. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess those are those are some things. So, um, I guess, I guess as a, so we're reading this just to preface as a romance novel in general, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I guess like as a romance novel, um, what did you think of the book, Wendy? I had a
1: really hard time with this book. The characters are just ridiculous. They're <laughs> they're out of control ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, I was I was all excited about the story because she's kind of a strong character at least at the beginning where she's like um she <laughs> moves to America on her own. She doesn't have any money. Um she doesn't know anybody. Uh she's getting her degree, you know. Doing all the stuff that's really difficult. She also like they also preface the story with this really strange flashback of her being four years old and being like crying her eyes out because she's about to get married, you know. And um Samir seeing that and also Varat seeing it, you know. But um So kind of like the way that it was written in the preface gave me a different idea of what it would be like than what it was, because it was just like she hated it. She was never going to feel like this again. She just wanted to be free, you know, like. Like like a four year old's actually going that deep into whatever's going on, you know. But mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, probably four would be like, "What? Okay, I guess I'm doing this," you know, <laughs> or like, "I'm tired," you know. But instead, like the four year old was like, I don't know, thinking, thinking existentially about being uh, tied to someone or something like that, you know, <laughs> as a flashback. And then, and then like the next scene, she's talking about how much she loves her husband that she's never seen. And how she's such a good girl, and she's such a good wife, and whatever, you know. And it's like, I don't know. Like I'm too. I guess I'm too used to like, you know. You know the the stereotype of the um, the Regency uh, female character who like wears pants <laughs> and rides horses bareback. You it's know, like <laughs> I. I can fight the same as any man. <laughs> yeah, and you know? she's like, she just like effortless, effortless, effortlessly, effortlessly defies social convention, and it works for her. You know, like, no, of course that didn't happen in Regency England. Like people defied social convention, yeah, but it wasn't like, you know, hooray, look at her doing that. It was like, okay, gross, <laughs> but um. I was too used to that. I was too used to, like, yeah, like, let's wear
0: pants, you know? Um, And she was just like. you would think there would be more of because she moves to America to get a degree in women's studies.
1: Yeah. Also, (laughs) did she read any of the books in it? Because she seems awfully, awfully naive. Like,
0: I don't know. I don't know about that. I also struggled with Millie. It it I did think it was interesting, like because the book kind of asks like, how can you love someone that you've never met mm-hmm. who has essentially abandoned you? And it has like some interesting ways in which she sort of like wants to be good and wants to not be good, but also like my 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 least favorite Millie moment was um, the kidnapping that happens halfway through, which is. Um, when she wants to go to her be- her best friend's wedding but she doesn't feel like she should and really what the issue is she doesn't like going to weddings because it reminds her of basically her own wedding and also like the fact that she's never met her husband etc mm-hmm. and um and so basically like he like Samir picks her up and um and then is like we're going to Columbus we're going to drive to Columbus from Michigan which is honestly that not that far, so I don't know why she was making such a big deal out of it. But whatever, mm-hmm. I live it, hashtag I I live in Michigan and I'm in Indiana. <laughs> <And it laughs> we know nothing about Indian culture, but Michigan culture got it. I'm down. like it would not be dark. It would not be dark before you got to Columbus. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, anyway, um, so so then, um, she's like, "How dare you? How dare you go into my things and he like like he's he's like he like he's like I have your toothbrush." And, and then she's like, how dare you do that? And he's like, he's like, um, Millie, you packed your bag last night and left it out. All I did was take that bag. And then she's like, oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> like, right. I totally packed that bag last night. That totally makes it a totally okay you kidnapped mm-hmm. me. And
1: she's like, um, she's mad about it, but she's like cutesy mad about it. Like, she's like, I'm uh, mad
0: at you. I'm so mad. Yeah. You're so mean. Hmm. Uh, hmm. I also, like, I just wanted to be also with Millie. Like, Millie, just get a driver's license. Like, <laughs> you don't need this guy. Like, you don't need him. Take a, you don't take need a Greyhound. Car. Take a Greyhound. <laughs> like, you have the ability to do this. You speak fluent well, she? English. she, like, uh, like, immediately latches
1: onto him, too. Of, like, suddenly she can't do oh. a single thing without him. Like, she's like, of oh, course you come out with was, me.
0: Though I understood that because clearly Millie has no plan for how she's going to survive for eight months in the U.S. (laughs) Like, she has no plan, right? Like, I mean, like, she literally cannot feed herself from week to week. Um, So, like, I mean, and she's got, like, no, no infrastructure at all. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't really, I didn't like Millie, but I did find Samir interesting in that he made me a little uncomfortable with how feminine he is as a person like what he he's well because he's very um so he's very beautiful like this comes up many times mm-hmm. he's a male model mm-hmm. right um and they bring up many times in which he like accessorizes when he you know like he he uh, he clearly like takes care of his his face and body he's very vain mm-hmm. as a character um and and he like, It's interesting because he has a lot of characteristics that are very, uh, that would, in the U.S., would be a very feminine thing to Mm -hmm. do, right? But, like, it's clearly that he's meant to be sort of like this masculine Casanova in the story. And I found that really interesting because in many ways he doesn't fit the, well, he doesn't fit the model in that he's so, he also cries a ton in this (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like he, he cries all the time and he has like kind of these real abandonment issues that you don't see in a lot of male protagonists that we read. Yeah, right? well, like he has I don't know. Some real serious problems. Um like like and he's really not very good at dealing with them and you know like he is trying anyway. I found him to be very interesting in that he sort of challenged my sort of alpha male idea of what of what it, it meant to be sort of a fancy Bollywood director, um, he's a metrosexual. A, he's he's a he very metrosexual. Yeah, and I found that to be interesting. Anyway, I it's like it's just to a to a larger extent than I think I'd, mm. and that was part of like what made him attractive, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like he wears perfume. Yeah, you know, like he wears like straight up perfume in the story. Um, not cologne, not musky sandalwood. You know, like like real perfume. Like eagle going into a
1: barbecue, <laughs> dive bombing into a I don't know a massive ocean of whiskey or something. <laughs> Everybody's musking uh, like mus- a exactly. muskox. It's like only the acceptable male smells. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, muskox is arm wrestling with a primate. Like a, like a silverback gorilla. That's that's what they're armresting. With a, with a hint of Abraham Lincoln at the end. <laughs> yeah, that. That. And sausage. <laughs> Good old American hot dogs. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I kind of just saw him as a different type of weird masculinity. I mean, uh, like, he was a lot like some other characters that we've had because – he starts fucking some girl by fucking some girl. The beginning scene is him fucking some girl he doesn't care about. And he's literally yeah. pulling out of her and hoping that she won't say, I love you to him. Like, okay, like, let's start there. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm so excited to see him physically pulling out of somebody else. You know? <laughs> I just, I don't know. I. <laughs> I I kept on reading this book going, there's nothing good about him. There's nothing good about him. He's either, like, he's either, like, being annoyingly arrogant, strangely possessive. Like, you notice how how hot she is for him being familiarly possessive? Which, I I don't really know what familiarly possessive means. But also, he was like, good morning. And she was like, he's so familiarly possessive. In that sentence of "good morning," <laughs> but um, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I mean, he can cook. Like that's that's the thing that he's good at. And also, he throws money at things. And also, he had this bad pass. Like, boohoo, you know. <sighs> and and also, like much like in in other stories where they have the male has a bad past, it like suddenly becomes everything is about. His poor, poor past, you know, like she's, she stops everything she's doing to comfort him, you know, and everything is forgotten. All conflicts are forgotten so that she can comfort him, you know, because he has feelings.
0: But so that's kind of Millie's M.O., right, is that she's nurturing. Like, even before that, she was so involved in her roommate's, mm-hmm. room, like, romance. Like, yeah. that was pretty much all she kind of had.
1: She's very much a, um, like, Pollyanna, Pollyanna like, um, ultra cutesy, feminine, naive person, you know. She does everything feminine. And yeah. I feel like she, like, sometimes turns to the camera and goes, men... <laughs>
0: You know <laughs> well, she's also very infant like like she's very yeah. childlike to yeah. the point that in the us and maybe this isn't like that that coded, um dancing with someone and by by um by putting your feet on their feet is very much a child's way of dancing, yeah, and that's like part of their relationship mm-hmm. is this idea. Which does not seem based in any reality that it would be better for her ankle if she put her foot on his feet. No, that doesn't make sense. Guys, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make. I know. doesn't make physics, has anyone sense. Anyone who has ever sprained their ankle or in any way hurt it, like that does not make here, any here. sense at all.
1: Oh, you, you have a bad ankle? Let me put it on this unsteady, like, foundation of that's soft that you have to focus on standing on. And then move you around on it. You know, like that's what it is.
0: Instead yeah, of putting your foot was... on a
1: gra- on the ground,
0: you're putting it on somebody's foot, which is mushy
1: and hard to balance on.
0: Yeah. The most unbelievable part is that you could spend the night, an, a night in the in the hospital in Michigan, um, and only pay two hundred dollars. <laughs> I know. I right? was like,
1: what? is she in America? What? Also, she yeah. doesn't have insurance. Hell no, you she can't. doesn't have insurance. She, she's working at freaking Panda Express. Yeah. <laughs> she probably was like, oh, it's $100. Holy shit. It should have been at least $600. With
0: mm-hmm.
1: insurance. I know. That was probably just the
0: first installment. Yeah. She's probably on that installment plan. 12
1: easy payments anyway. of $200. <laughs> um. Yeah, there was a lot of like... Um, she's pretty innocent, and he really likes that innocence. And then she really likes that he likes her innocence. Um, going on, you know, like, he seemed like strangely attracted to her crying. Did you know, that yeah. like he was like, oh, those spiky tears get me, the spiky eyelashes get me every time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, at, at one point, he does think to himself, that one of the reasons why he's so attracted to her is because she's constantly needed rescuing. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was very perceptive, but also, like, he doesn't really unpack why that's a bad thing. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, basically, okay, so I've been watching a lot of 90 Day Fiance and before the 90 Day Fiance, and these characters that are com- people coming from America to go visit these people that they meet in different countries have this, like, preconceived notion That somehow these people from different countries are like more innocent or honest or friendlier or warm hearted, you know, something like that. Like they have some weird idea even before they meet these people about that. And I feel like he's kind of doing a 90 day fiance thing because even though they're from the same country, he's like a city boy and she's, you know, the quote unquote village girl, which she always mentions, you know. So, um, it's, it's kind of like that, like that, that perceived, perceived innocence, you know, preconceived innocence. That's just frankly a bad idea because he could have been anyone when she like, she sprains her ankle and he's like, okay, well, basically live with you. And and she's like, all right, (laughs) you know.
0: Yeah, she doesn't seem very um, concerned with how this could be very wrong. She's like, you're from my village. And then he's like, cool. All right. I, that seems fine. <laughs> yeah, that. It's also that like. That thing that you said. I'm that. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and also, like, I mean, he really lies to her. A lot. Oh. Whole oh lot. my god, so much! He lies to her so much in this story. Uh, it's like, that, do like, you feel
1: like it's more than usual? Like we all we read romance novels where they just lie lie consistently all the time, you know. Like for instance, like it's the same exact idea of like um, a princess in theory, where he shows up and he's like, "I'm not actually a prince. I'm
0: your next door neighbor," you know, like. Coincidentally. Yeah, yeah, but at that point... But yeah, Princess in theory, he has this friend in which she's like, don't fucking lie to her. That's not a good idea. That's not a good and idea. Then, and then he does it anyway, and it blows up in his yeah. face. In this story, it doesn't exactly blow up in his face. No, nope. No. Um, <coughs> um, But it, it sort of like... Which is surprising because... Like, I don't know. I felt like it was going to blow up more in her face, and there would be more time in which before he realized um a way back to her heart which which was clearly going to be to give her the his ancestral home that he doesn't fucking yes. want
1: anyway right <laughs> well, like she's I crumbling mean, around her also i was like is that wise to give her your crumbling i don't know basically mansion cuz she cuz yeah. the whole reason why she left was because she was like i mean the whole reason why they tried to contact um Samir's brother is because she's been trying to take care of it for so long and it's like out of her control at this point you know it's too big she doesn't have any yeah, money to keep yeah. it up
0: yeah and she still doesn't really have any money to keep it up but yeah um but like I think we should probably get to the heart of the manor which is the um the domestic violence dispute which I think is a pro- very problematic um actually I don't I don't like sidebar. I hate the term is problematic because things aren't problematic by their nature. They have problems and you can solve those problems. Mm-hmm. They're not always problematic. They don't always things. So they have problems that you can solve. Problematic anyway. means, is racist or it's sexist. We just yeah. don't want to say yeah, it yeah. Like, again. We just don't want to say it. We just want to say <laughs> uh, anyway. But um, but basically, like, so one of the things that happens is um, so the the first time we meet Sam is when he is fighting with his girlfriend who wants more of a commitment to him, and then she falls down the stairs and he has to take her to the hospital, mm-hmm. right? Uh, which uh, where there's like a big traffic jam, and it takes forever, etc. And then we find out later that she has, uh, is a, is a very famous actress and has pressed charges against him, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, And so one of the things that Millie says is she gets into a fight with someone else because someone suggests that these charges are true. And she says, no, my Samir could never do that. Oh, you do not Um, know Samir. You only knew him for three weeks before you started this. (laughs) But also, like, I mean, just because a a man is um, perfectly... Okay, so just because a man is perfectly uh, decent to you does not mean he's decent to everyone. And you can mm-hmm. see that from Samir's own story mm-hmm. in which he sort of throws, throw, you know, he basically, like, he's a Casanova and he just uses and and discards women all the time. He has a different relationship with other women. It's an important plot point, mm-hmm. right? It's an important plot point that his relationship with Millie is different. So it almost, like, is a, it, it seems to be like a problem in the story that he that he you know she she assumes that the relationship that she has with Samir is the relationship he has with all women which is clearly not true mm-hmm. right it's a it's a clear tenet of romance novels kind of a problematic part of romance novels where um where you know everything is different once they meet their true love, oh, yeah. right and therefore yes. all the mistreatment that they have had for other women, is totally in, unimportant. And whether Samir is a is a woman beater is sort of inconsequential to the fact that in some ways those charges are true, right? He is he does kind of, you know, discard women t- throughout his previous life as sort of a a Casanova, right? And then it was like it so, was also um didn't didn't the
1: actress kind of deserve it cuz she's kind of a hoe. Like did you get that impression
0: because I did you got the idea that she the you got the idea that she had signed up for this somehow mm-hmm. um, and I know that like I mean lying about domestic reviews is 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 not reputable right mm. um at the same time uh, you know like like I just don't feel feel like that character was complicated enough um it was sort of the idea that if you treated one woman correctly, one woman adequately, that it somehow made it so that all other allegations against yourself could not be true. And it's just I mean, and it's I
1: it's bad really practice. Like it's bad practice to think about that for anyone of any gender. You know, not even men. Like if you think that somebody can change their personality and the way that they treat you just because they are treating you that way when things are good. And they're trying to impress you and they like you for some reason. Like you what you really want to know is how they treat people they don't like, how they treat people they've been with forever, you know? Because because shit changes and <laughs> you can't you can't just like base your your idea of someone on somebody who like is just the good parts, you know. Like like she should, she yeah. should pay attention. And also, like the thing that I was picking up on, which of course Millie was not picking up on, um, <laughs> was the fact that he was just rude to a lot of women. <laughs> like oh, even around Millie, like a Millie is this like you know she's she's this angelic creature that of course he treats her well. But like remember how he treated her friend, her friend uh, Reedy. Um he, he was, he was pretty dismissive of her. Like, Reedy has, like, a high voice, and she talks like a valley girl, and she, um, you know, ran away with her boyfriend in this super dramatic way, but (laughs) who cares? Like, (laughs) she's, she's Millie's friend. Like, you should not be fucking complaining about her in your, in your head, and, like, there's this one point where he, like, she talks into his ear and he, like, plugs his ear because she's so loud. And I was like, that's just rude. That's just rude to do to someone, you know? Because what if they pick up on it? Like, it doesn't matter how annoying this person is. You should treat this person with respect, which is not what he does. But that's something that i worried about.
0: But, yeah, I guess I... Uh- so let's talk about, um, so we talked about it as a romance novel. Let's step back a little bit and talk about it as a, uh, like, a culture, thing, right? Because we don't know that much about Indian culture mm-hmm. that much. Like, did you feel like you learned anything about Indian culture from reading this book? Or about Bollywood culture? No,
1: I felt or? like I was missing a lot of things. Like, I think there's a lot of jokes that I missed. And I was like, damn, I should have watched the Bollywood movies before reading this.
0: <laughs> At least like one. <laughs> Cuz it's been forever. <laughs> I googled a lot of food so I could figure out what they were talking about. Oh, hell yeah. Um, That's the one thing that I was
1: like 100% on. I was like, give me that dog, <laughs> give me that roti, give me those samosas. <laughs> like, yes, I I will be there with all of the all of the samosas, you know.
0: Yeah, the what was it? Like the pakora or whatever. Um yeah. No, because I'm ashamed to admit when I go to Indian food places, I often do the buffet and I just, like, get random things because it's all delicious. Mm-hmm. So I don't know a lot of names for things. Yeah. Same. Um, so I was Googling a lot of things. And there is some vivid—you know how much I love descriptions of food. Mm-hmm. And there are many descriptions of food in this.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And how it tastes and what you eat And just, it like, and like
1: you- a bouquet of smell coming from the the kitchen or whatever. You know, like,
0: mm-hmm. hell yeah, I want to walk home to
1: that. You know, come home to that. Mm. So you're making homemade Indian food? Fuck yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of, you know, descriptions of various yeah, I I was I was totally into the food they eat throughout the story and the the sheer enjoyment the characters seem to get out of every bite of food
1: mm-hmm. they eat. And it's a very that emotional that very thing, cute. too. Like he would cook for her. And that's like a way that he showed his appreciation, you know. And part of a huge part of the wedding was was the cooking, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is really a great part of food that is not specifically focused on a lot. you know
0: yeah, yeah. um, and I liked that part. Um, I thought it was interesting in this story. There was sort of an exploration going on of what it meant to be indian cuz there was the city and the and the country right the city and the village even though they were basically from the same place mm-hmm. um then there was also is it riti yeah riti who is her um her friend who is born who was born in the us yeah. raised in the us to indian parents mm-hmm. Um, and she was and most there definitely was, not Indian.
1: Like they were like, this is like white bread Indian right here, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like she had like a different relationship. There is also the relationship of Sarah, who is sort of like has spent a lot of time married to an Indian man. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there is um Samir himself, who is half who is half white. Right, mm-hmm. there's a huge amount of um, colorism in the story, right? Mm-hmm. Because um, Sam is very is white-ish, like he has very very light colored skin, whereas uh, um, Millie uh, Millie is very dark skinned. Mm-hmm. And th- I think um, somebody said lo- she's very pretty, even though she's dark skinned.
1: And Sam was yeah, like, what the fuck
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah." There's like <laughs> that was funny. Um yeah um and so like yeah there's kind of like this colorism among even among indian people mm-hmm. there's sort of um like kind of occasionally some casual racism from other people mm-hmm. and then um yeah i don't know and so i thought like it was an interesting exploration of how those worlds would kind of collide mm-hmm. and it's really environment. Like, can you imagine coming from a
1: completely different world to the u.s like and like within india it's like that you know like i had culture shock moving from oregon to arkansas and we still speak all the same language and we have the same iphones and you know <laughs> like all that stuff we're but like i can't even imagine like living in a tiny village and then only watching like one movie every month and it's a movie that somebody else picked you know <laughs>
0: like <laughs> that kind of stuff like was fascinating to me. Yeah, and so I thought that. I mean, I and also like you could sort of feel the Bollywoodness cuz it's like this book is sort of um like like a bacchanal of like tropes inside of it, right? Mm-hmm. Like they there's like the big Star-crossed lovers, huge, huge, huge Indian wedding. Mm-hmm. There's the sudden delivery of a baby and having to get to the hospital in oh, time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's, there's there's like copious um, amounts of ridiculous
1: family members, like all the aunties and uncles. Like yeah, all of them yeah. were ridiculous, and I could totally see them in that like slapstick type comedy where every everything's like slightly fast forwarded, you know. Like <laughs> it's like a one point five time, and they're just like, do, 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 you know, <laughs> um, and they they all just do ridiculous things, like talk about mango breasts and slap each other in silly ways.
0: Um, and there's and there's also like the att- the attempt that Millie makes, like when she meets um Sam for the first time, and she tries to run away, and she gets onto this broken bike, and like. You know, tries to write it and like the whole trip to the, to the, you know, like it's just like, it's just so outlandish as a story. Mm-hmm. Um, that I, I found that kind of charming as a story. Right. Um, uh, but I agree that like it, it, at times you couldn't really tell. It wasn't really, it wasn't like, um, what was it? The story we read about the Vietnamese family mm-hmm. where you got a little bit of what it was like to live. As a Vietnamese person in the U.S., right? Yeah. Um. And it felt real. Not a lot of times. This story felt larger than life, mm-hmm. right? In terms of, you know, the the sort of relationships to things and the fact that that like the main character is this big shot Bollywood director. Oh yeah. Um. You and know, somebody- like it feels larger.
1: <laughs> no one recognizes him, even though he's this big shot director who who is shacking up with some famous actress, except for one girl from that entire wedding. And she's like, it's that guy! (laughs) You know? That whole scene is ridiculous because she gets attacked by, attacked, um, Millie attacks her with no cause. Like, (laughs) Millie's like, how could you ever say that? That's just trash, you know? Which is, and then like completely misses the fact that his last name is Rathod, which is her last name as a married woman. You idiot. But she's, I mean, like, I would say that this is a culture thing, except for the fact that I've watched many romance comedies, rom-coms, where the woman is some ingenue who doesn't really understand things, who's got a big heart and puts her trust in the wrong people, and then this guy who's a big Lothario comes along and then, you know, lies to her consistently and then somehow ends up with her at the end. Like, that's, that's trope. That's, that's American. That's. That's rom-com. That's the wedding singer. That's, I mean, that's like the wedding planner. That's, that's, uh, you know, Jennifer Love Hewitt. That's, that's anything that uh, Rachel, what's her name is in? I don't know. Meg, Meg Ryan. Rachel
0: Rachel Adams. Rachel Adams. Yeah. Yeah.
1: McAdams. Yeah. Um, Or Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan's done that like a million times or she's some asshole is like needlessly lied to her. For months, and then she's like, "I love you anyway," you know. Like it's it's here, it's <laughs> it's everywhere. It's in books that I read for fun, you know. So it's just there was samosas in this one, and I love samosas; they're delicious. I know. I, know. <sighs> I want some Indian food now. That was that was the biggest problem. Uh,
0: I know there was so much delicious, like. Indian food and this just rich, delicious Indian
1: Mm -hmm. food. And also, Uh, like, the smell of Indian food is so different from American food, you know? Like, and it's just so, it's just so savory. (sighs) Maybe I'll buy some Indian food for tonight.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What about the side characters in the story? Um, We've talked a little bit about... Some of them, and the I don't know, like so. The main side characters are her roommates. On her side, it's the Reedy Panda. and
1: and um, her grandmother and Reedy's boyfriend and the Reedy's family. And on um his side, there's his hot actress girlfriend, his um like. <laughs> People who work for him, like his agent or something, and his brother, mm-hmm. um, and his mom, and then later his, like, biological mom. And none of them are good. None of them. Oh, God. They're all awful. Like, there wasn't, like, really, like, a confidant in this in this book. There wasn't, like, somebody that, like, they could turn to. And times got rough, you know, like, I guess, I guess the, the closest confidant we had was Samir's brother, who they actually had a good relationship, but Millie didn't have a close relationship with anybody, really.
0: Yeah, she, she definitely did not, um, in terms of it, um, she, uh, I mean, she had sort of a relationship with her grandmother, mm-hmm. But other than that, she didn't really have a, have a strong relationship with anyone. And
1: Reedy was his she made best. Her even more. Was her best friend
0: of three months. Yeah, which was kind of hard to imagine that a person so giving, so nurturing, would not have other friends that they had picked up along the way. Mm-hmm, you know, yeah. And it wasn't like she was a particularly shy person either. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, she should have had like a whole parade of. Of misfits behind her. Helping her with her with her
0: broken ankle. <laughs> but, I don't know. Yeah, I was kind of surprised by that, too. Um, let's talk about the sex in this story. Because <gasps> they have unprotected sex, which mm-hmm. I thought was kind of a problem. Also, it was um, that, like...
1: It was like the kind of sex that you, you've read 20 years ago that is not really... Like, sex today, written sex scenes are more explicit these days unless it's, like, particularly, I don't know, whatever. But in this one, it was was
0: very unexplicit. The
1: eagle soared above and, you know, our hearts crashed into our our (laughs) stomachs, which it crashed into our lungs, which crashed into a wave of love and beauty you know some sort of weirdly poetic i i will also say that her metaphors would get really convoluted at times the authors yeah and part of that um, which really showed through the sex scene
0: yeah yeah which i agree with um so i guess in terms of reader's theater i i really thought that the the seed in which um which is related in which um, Samir thinks for a moment that Millie might be pregnant because she faints. Mm-hmm. Um, when she comes back to tell him to take back his house because she doesn't want his money. Um, and there are some really funny things um, that they go back and forth. So I'm trying to find um the back and forth in which they were saying it. One side. Oh, here we go. So Samir grabbed her head, then grabbed Millie's hand and tried to pull her off. We're going for a drive. Of course she didn't comply. You're not going anywhere. Um, You're not going anywhere. She's pregnant and she just fainted. She's not going anywhere until she sees a doctor. Veggie uh, challenged him to argue and threw a protective look at Millie. You're pregnant, Millie? Great. Now Kim thought was there. Can we take this downstairs? Why leave Sarah out? (laughs) Sarah, Samir stood and his and his uh, family glared at him. He was too afraid to look at Millie, who she was so fragile before they had come barging in. Exactly what I was thinking, Sarah shouted from downstairs in a voice that did not belong to a woman who hadn't been able to get a word out a couple months ago. Millie, you didn't tell me you were pregnant. And so like they do like this very cute <laughs> back and forth. Yeah. Uh um so I, I I don't know. That was something that I thought made the book um at times a little hard to read is that there was so much plot going on. And so many constantly. characters jumping in and out. Yeah, like, I mean, they have basically three different love arcs going on <laughs> at the same time.
1: Yeah. Here's here's a convoluted couple of sentences right here. Um, This is after they have sex. And um, it says, this is uh, Samir thinking. He goes, An unfamiliar feeling of peace blanked, blanketed their intertwined bodies. Lighter than the whispers they'd spoken into each other's ears. Each time he entered her, each time she'd sobbed in release the crushing weight of the air in this house had lifted off his shoulders, off his heart. Which just you just took that whole metaphor all the way all the way to the bank. Just just go for it. Just like the you know the piece blanketing is air that's heavy that. Lightens lighter than your whispers, which is a sound. So it's quieter, but also lighter, but also a blanket, <laughs> <laughs> or whatever you know.
0: Uh, yeah, that is a lot. That is a lot. Yeah, good book. So I guess the real question. So I guess the real question is: is would you read the rest of the series? Because I think this is. Um, Bollywood, something number number one. Ah, Bollywood number one. God no. <laughs> I might. I I didn't like it. I I was better. I liked it more than you did. But mm-hmm. I felt at time like maybe as not being a Bollywood fan that I might have missed parts of it. Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know. The characters were not like interested in any way other than them being the epitome of the ingenue plus the Thario trope like they really weren't anything other than that and I I really just want something else like something else like maybe they wear glasses you know (laughs) I'm not too it's not too hard (laughs) but um yeah she was just like too like weirdly innocently sweet and he was an asshole so (laughs) I can't imagine what the next books would be about
0: um, it looks like the next one is about a famous actress in the Bollywood world. Mm. And then the one next to it appears to be about a cruise. in hmm. um a cruise ship doctor. Cruise Something ship like doctor.
1: That. Weird.
0: And then a distant heart. Yeah, I guess they kind of vaguely relate to it. Hmm. Yeah, so I think they're all like kind of... Like, famous actor type of things. But, yeah, what I was looking about, I felt like there's a lot of books in this kind of Bollywood um, world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which, in some ways, it, I think feels a little bit, to me, like Regency England, in that, like, everyone is, like, super rich or super poor. Mm-hmm. or
1: uh, and really in innocent space. or really, like, sexed up. Yeah, yeah. hmm Yeah. Yeah. I just like I just have such a hard time like thinking of that in like the real world. Maybe if this all happened in India, I could I could deal with it. But since it happened, most of it happened in the U.S. I was like,
0: too real world. Too. Real. I want more whimsy. I will say, um, I went I went to grad school at University of Michigan, so I was in Ann Arbor, and a lot of my friends lived in Ypsilanti, mm-hmm. which is basically like the sister city to Ann Arbor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was talking to someone right before this because I felt like Ann Arbor should fit more into it because it's really not in the middle of nowhere. It's like, Ypsilanti is like right next to Ann Arbor and it's in the Detroit area and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And it feels much more rural in the story, Uh but talking to her, I think there is sort of a rural feeling to Eastern Michigan University and, um, and sort of like the, the ways in which they see themselves. So I think it might've been pretty true to what it's like in Ypsilanti. Mm -hmm. Um uh I did feel like some of the Mich- the Michigan countryside was pretty typical of the Michigan that is in that kind of area. Yeah. Which is like it's kind of farmy, but it's not like commercially farmy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um so I felt like that part was kind of interesting.
1: How does that how does the Michigan countryside remind Samir of India? I just don't understand.
0: I could see that, um, you know, uh, like, the Michigan countryside is pretty cultivated, so maybe it's, like, the crops that are grown.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah. Oh, well. I don't know. Well, and also, invite like, when he was imag- imagining him, he was also remembering his childhood because he moved. Um, oh, yeah. He lived in in Michigan. He lived in Michigan. Okay. So he was. Um, what a coincidence. Kind of. She moves from oh, India mean, to Michigan. I don't know if you <laughs> caught that, but like in like the US is very large, right? Mm-hmm. And it just happens to be that um that Samir's bio mom lives an hour away in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is pretty uh statistically unlikely in the very large United States. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean I think romance romance magic. <laughs> romance magic. I don't know. Mm-hmm. For sure. There is still a pretty large, I think, Indian population in the Detroit area. So it's not entirely impossible that both of these Indian expats would both end up in Michigan. Mm-hmm. It, it might also be
1: like there's that phenomenon where like there is usually like immigrants from a certain country or background all show up in the same place basically because, you know, they know people who know people who know people, you know. So maybe, like, mm-hmm. it's, like, Ypsilanti is, like, one of those weird hot spots for Punjabi Indians, I guess. I don't know.
0: hmm
1: Maybe it was the professor who knew all of this. Was the professor that encouraged her to go apply at Ypsilanti Eastern Michigan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was like. I know, I know about Michigan and and the secret story of your brother-in-law's real mom. I mean,
0: maybe, I mean, it was set up by kind of, you know, some people. There might have been some connections. I don't know. I don't know. How they end up in the same part, it just it just works. It just is. It is. Huh. So what are we reading next time? Next time, we are going back to the sports genre. <laughs> Um. uh with the book "The Bromance Book Club" by Alyssa K. Adams, <laughs> and I'm going to read you a little bit about this. Nashville legend, second mid second baseman, Gavin Scott's marriage is in major league trouble. He's recently discovered a humiliating secret: his wife Thea has always faked the bingo. When he loses his his cool at, at the revelation, it's the final straw in their already strained relationship. Thea asks for a divorce, and Gavin realizes he had let his pride and fear get the better of him. Welcome to the Bromance Book Club. Distraught and desperate, Gavin finds help from an unlikely source—a secret romance book club made up of Nashville's top alpha <laughs> men. With, sorry, that's just so funny. With the help of their current, uh, their current read, a steamy Regency courting the countess, the guys coach Gavin into saving his marriage. But it'll take a lot more than flower words and grand gestures for this hapless Romeo to find his inner hero and win back the trust of him.
1: <laughs> so good. We have not read mm-hmm. A Repaired Marriage before.
0: I don't think we have. I just, you know, reading that, I was like, oh, yeah, we really haven't read A Repaired Marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, or something about secret romance book clubs. Secret romance novel book club is... It's, we've read about men men who read romance novels before, but he was he was just out with it. He was out, yeah, out and proud. And he and he didn't really discuss it with other men. No, he did.
1: He was, was- he was the advocate. Remember how he got like those oh, right. really manly men to read romance novels, and they were like, "This is actually really good."
0: <laughs> oh, Knox, I wish I could hang out with him. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> oh god and with the popular question um someone said hi i'm new i haven't read the book yet i'm reading the preview i wanted to ask what is the big O?" oh no no oh no, no. oh no no to the big o the q, the q and a for the bromance book club is not a sex ed <laughs> venue <laughs> <laughs> uh, who,
1: what was the name of this person who asked
0: Oh man, popular romance. Um, is it a
1: guy? Is it a girl? Does uh, she know Elena? Elena. Elena. Do you then, know the big there's O? A bunch of, Have you ever had a big a O? A bunch of
0: people. Um, some people are just telling her what it means, and other people are suggesting that you know a, a group of different resources. <laughs> 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 That's great. I'm excited. That's. I'm glad. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about this, too. Mm -hmm. Thank you for listening to Getting Lit, available monthly on iTunes. For extra bonus features on this episode, you can visit GwenWendy.com slash GettingLit. That's G-W-E-N-Wendy.com slash GettingLit, where you can also read more about Wendy. You can follow Alana on Twitter, at LibrarianAlana. What's the best type of romance novel, Wendy? The trashy kind. The Lana's podcast. Wendy and Lana's podcast. Get little literary, get literary, woo!